politics is moving into uncharted territory as Donald Trump and probably Joe Biden get ready for the 2024 race. I'm Byron York with The Byron York Show. Download and subscribe to my daily podcast to hear me get right into the news of the day. Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. The Supreme Court is deciding on this very subject right now. But there is a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has and never will. It's one of my favorites, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex. And it continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, their ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly, in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at Dana4FORHillsdale.com. And after you read it, please consider supporting Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please, go read Dr. Arn's article today at Dana4Hillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Uh, Look, Department of Justice said uh, in its brief that for decades, non-discrimination public accommodations laws have coexisted with the First Amendment. Uh, Courts have recognized that we can recognize that we can require businesses open to public to service people regardless of their backgrounds, even when that means businesses must incidentally um, uh, engage in speech which they are which they disagree upon. So here's the issue with what Corinne Jean-Pierre is saying here. You do not forfeit your First Amendment rights simply because you enter a space of commerce. To do what she's describing here, to actually carry this out, what she's talking about, you're, you know, ultimately saying that people are indentured indentured servants. I mean, there's no other way to look at this. And of course... This story all has to do with this uh, Supreme Court decision. This They've heard the arguments in this case involving a web designer. And we talked about it uh, yesterday very briefly on the show. This web designer who is a Christian who is you know being taken to court because apparently she's the only web designer in existence on God's green earth. Which sounds like that's a great business opportunity, by the way, for, you know, anyone who's interested in starting a business in this horrific economic period. But this is this is what the court case is over. And it's going to be very interesting. The questioning already there were there were reports that the uh, court was may or may not kind of already be somewhat citing. And they make these determinations based on the line of questioning, by the way. Welcome to the show. Dana Lash, excuse me, here with you on a very weird weather day in Texas. I don't know what's happening. Kane, it's spring. Is it spring here? Feels like it. Jeez Louise. It's muggy. It's warm. It's not a white Christmas. Wait, can I still, can we still talk? Is that song canceled? Oh, yeah. Is it canceled? Can we talk about it? No, we can't even talk about the song. I'm just curious. Throw caution to the wind. wind. You know, just who cares? Welcome to the show. Dana Lash with you uh, this Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. We're going to make it till Friday, God willing. 
uh, with all of this. And we're going to go through because there's some action in uh, D.C. There's there's action in D.C. with a couple of pieces of legislation that we're going to go over. I will caution you on everything that you read about the immigration bill, which I'm going to look at as well, because some of the people involved, I think, are not some of the people writing some of the stories that are really getting a lot of traction are not the most trustworthy journalists and i don't care if they're on the right or not so um you know it is what it is but so first and foremost though the audio that we started with the white house finally breaking its silence on uh not just this supreme court case but also the hunter biden files but except that they said it was uh old news so wait, you, that means you can't talk about it because it's old news? It doesn't make sense. It's not actually old news. I mean, it's, it's important news. It seems like it's in, it's in very important news. But this was part of Corinne Jean-Pierre, the, uh, the press avail that she had yesterday with the, uh, with the White House press corps. In fact, Audio Soundbite 4, here she's answering the question for the first time about this. Listen. Uh, decisions were made to, to censor reporting leading up to the election. My question was, is it the White House view that these decisions were made appropriately in light of what has come out? Which decisions? By whom? By Twitter. By Twitter on, okay. So, look, we see this as a, a an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that uh, uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, that is a that is a full of uh, old news, if you think about it. Um, and uh, at the same time, Twitter is facing very real and very serious questions uh, about the rising volume of anger, hate, and anti-Semitism on their platform. Hmm. Yeah. Well. <sighs> that it it there yeah exactly it's just you know it's just um um it's a distraction it, it's the story i have a question though yeah if it was never news how can it be old news you're they asking would, you're asking a smart question yeah they wouldn't allow it to be news so yeah. how is it now old news yeah oh you're asking let me tell you something just take a look around at everything that's happening right now so you have businesses that are struggling. You have, I, I mean, have you guys noticed all the media, like CNN cutting all their contributors, all the media everywhere, Fox is tightening their spending, everybody's tightening their spending. Nobody's making any moves. There's not going to be any new developments, no, no new creation. Everything is about to be just strangled even further. Not to, just to get into uh, the medicinal industry R&D for antibiotics and different others so we can be a little self-sustaining and not have to rely so much on China. Everything is getting strangled because of the asinine, putting the ass and asinine decisions made by this administration and absolutely every single person, every industry is struggling for it. And these individuals did everything that they could to try to put the finger on the scale of an election while tanking the economy. And they have the audacity to say that, that pointing it out is a distraction or that it's a non-story or that it's, that it's just not anything that's not anything that's worth anyone's attention. I just, it's disgusting. All these people make, it's just, it's, you have every right to be enraged every right to be enraged it's not a distraction it's i'm finding it very very hard to have any grace at all today whatsoever very hard i mean it's it's your it's everything is getting tanked because this administration 
and they put their finger on the scale of free and fair elections to do it. So they're in this in this lame duck section session. They're desperately trying to attach every single thing that they can onto every single bill that needs to be that that's needs to be passed, uh, whether it's immigration or marijuana financing reforms or a defense spending bill, all of this stuff. And then there was this. Let me pull this up. There was this bill on uh, it's a journalism bill adding protections for conservative media. We shouldn't even you know what the the free press that should be it. You shouldn't even have to do this. But because you have ab, you have rat bastard progressive members of the press and they get so mad when I say this, but please note every single description that I've ever had about the press, I mean with such heavy intention, every single syllable so as a weight to break you. And this bill JCPA, it's the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act. It's supposed to help media organizations negotiate with tech platforms like Google and Facebook for compensation over the use of their content. They're narrowly exempting smaller publications from antitrust laws if they form a collective bargaining group. Now, it's Amy Klobuchar of, you know her, uh, and Ted Cruz and John Kennedy of Louisiana. They all struck a deal to clarify that these negotiations don't include any kind of discussion about content moderation. This was something that apparently that Cruz had a fight to be included. Now, they said that the deal effectively places negotiations on how to censor or suppress content outside the scope of the bill, thereby preventing news organizations from colluding with tech companies to suppress or censor conservative voices i think it's ridiculous that we need this it is ridiculous it prevents media organizations in the collective bargaining group from discriminating against other publications like the conservative or like depending on if you're conservative or independent etc the left hates it daily caller supports it i'm just i'm just sitting here scratching my head like i think it's asinine that we even need this I mean, I'm not, I'm not right, or I'm not incorrect here. I mean, that's, that's uh, why we even need this. Now, Democrats say, oh, this is a way of safeguarding local and independent journalism. Yeah, sure. But Republicans are looking at it as a way of mitigating the influence that tech companies have over conservative media online. Because we've seen this with stories from conservative outlets shared on Facebook or Google, etc., and Tom Cotton, there's, he's been one of the loudest critics in the Senate of it. He says they make news outlets dependent on government privileges, which I agree. This is one of the reasons I'm not totally on board with his bill. They say it further undermines independence, credibility, and integrity of journalists today, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he says, but Tom Cotton says, look, it's, you're making these, you're, you're giving, again, the government more power, which I agree. But what's the best way to, to remedy the situation? I mean, is there? I mean, are we just so unbelievably tribal, politically tribal and partisan that you actually have to sit here and come up with pieces of legislation to make everyone not be buttholes when it comes to, you know, Facebook and Google and and dis- distribution of news out uh, of news articles? I mean, you're talking about the free press. You're talking which is supposed to be free, but they're not. They're shackled to partisan belief. I just I get I just get really suspicious Whenever we talk about allowing government to be further, giving it further invitation into making determinations in industries in which they shouldn't really have any determination. So that's we're going to we're going to come back to this and talk about this a little bit more. But this is one of the things that's that's out there. Now, one of the other bills that you should pay attention to, and this has to do with immigration. 
Now, do be cautious about some of this because there are some right-leaning entities out there that are just as bad as the left because they want to be power-adjacent and it's worthwhile for them to destroy certain people with misleading pieces, just as the way it is for the left to destroy people with misleading pieces also. Uh, I say this as someone who worked in the creation of some of these entities, so I know from personal experience. The immigration deal that they're looking to strike, they say that there's an 11th hour immigration deal because Republicans are taking over the House in January. And so uh, this, and and depending on what happens in Georgia today, because Georgia's runoffs today, uh, that even though it's one seat and technically Democrats have the majority in the Senate, whether or not it's a 50 or 51, that determines the power sharing levels. So it's kind of important to make sure that it should be a Republican seat. But do I have faith in people to turn out? I don't know. I don't know if I do or not. I'm really curmudgeonly today. So if you ask me tomorrow, it may be a different answer. But my answer right now is no. To be honest with you, I don't think that people care enough to turn out. I really don't. Just like people didn't care enough to turn out in the special election in 2020. People didn't care enough to turn out. It was lower. I'm just being honest. You want me to be honest? You want me to blow smoke up your butt like all these, you know, happy, veneered, teethed, you know, people that you see on cable news? Or do you want me to be real with you and tell you something that's actually real? That's why you listen. I just, I'm looking at the internal numbers. I'm talking to people who are on the ground. I had a conversation yesterday evening with someone who has been running numbers and who literally is feet on the ground in Georgia right now. And I'm just telling you what they're saying. So with this bill, there's a potential proposal that could provide a path for legalization for 2 million people who entered illegally. I know. They say it's bipartisan. It's in flux. If there is any Republican that signs on to anything like this, please prepare the tar and feathers. I'm not joking. Come find me. I'm done. I'm done. So there are there's a narrower there's two pieces there's two pieces of legislation that are going back and forth on this. There's also Senators Michael Bennett and Michael Crapo of Idaho uh, who are negotiating a narrower bill. So they're looking at people who are farm workers. We're going to come back and talk about this because uh, no, I reject this entirely. And so should you Uh, coming up as well. The administration's playing games with hurricane recovery assistance in florida and bake the cake bigots we've got some examples for you on this we're also got uh, georgia the georgia runoff all the latest and more did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood when it comes to promoting metabolic health they are a powerhouse but if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day you need to know about new tart cherry gummies tart cherry gummies from the makers of super b tart juice are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere that's buytartcherry.com slash dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies buytartcherry.com slash dana and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech you know what else is sad actually i don't know we weren't even talking about anything that was sad this is sad kirstie alley she was an absolute gem she was a truly funny 
comedic actress. It, the news was announced yesterday from her Twitter account that she has passed away, apparently, so she had colon cancer, and apparently it was a super fast diagnosis of colon cancer, and she passed away last night. Her daughters released a statement announcing their mother's passing, and of course our prayers are with her family. I mean, she was in some of the, the like the funniest movies. Uh, I mean, good grief, she was... Drop Dead Gorgeous was one that she was in. Uh, I mean, not to say, not to overlook Cheers, but truly funny. And she was a conservative, too, and uh, was very vocal about it. So uh, our prayers are with her family. A 2,500-mile stretch of molten rock was discovered underneath the Martian surface. And apparently they say it produces ideal conditions for microbial life that is known to thrive in the same environments on planet Earth. So researchers say the plume is generating methane and hydrogen, which are not only critical ingredients for microbial life, but also exactly what most uh, mainstream journalists are made of. They said that the microbes on Earth flourish in these environments, and it could be the same on Mars. So interesting. Okay, alien bugs. We got it. D- uh, let's see. DHS has delayed the real ID deadline for another two years. Department of Homeland Security, they said they're extending it by two years for air passengers to use real ID when traveling. They had a deadline originally of May 3rd, 2023. They said now this is their third pandemic-related uh, extension. It's real ID compliant. You get a little star. And that it's 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 already required for certain people who go into certain federal uh, restricted, federally restricted uh, places, but so it's delayed again. Short men are apparently psychotic. Actually, they have psychopathic tendencies and narcissistic tendencies. Napoleon syndrome is real, basically. This is what researchers say. They've la- they've studied it. The they said that the uh, narcissism, Machiavellianism, it all signals malevolence. They said that these dissatisfaction with height shorter men have napoleon syndrome it's like a real thing apparently and john bolton maybe 2024 that's what he says we say no stay with us black rifle coffee company is helping you knock out your holiday shopping if you have a coffee lover on your shopping list black rifle has the best coffee brewing gear thermoses mugs and apparel all designed for folks who love america stuff your stockings with all of the highest grade american roasted coffee and become a holiday hero by joining the black rifle coffee club set your coffee delivery schedule to your exact preferences and it arrives at your door with no shipping fees it's the gift that just keeps on giving looking for patriotic gear and apparel for your friends and family be sure to check out all of black rifle's new clothing designs veteran founded and run black rifle coffee company takes pride in Serving coffee and culture to people who love America, and each purchase you make helps support veteran and first responder causes. Head over to BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana to find my favorites and get all of the best merch, coffee, and apparel in time for the holidays. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana. BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays noon to three p.m. Eastern Time. So I want to be very careful here. Don't want to weigh in or prejudge uh, the, Supreme, the Supreme Court's outcome. You know, that's something I'm going to do here at the, po- at the podium. But to your point, more broadly speaking, and we have talked about this, we recognize the, uh, the uh, right to free speech, and we support ensuring that no one is discriminated against or refused services because of who they love and who they are. And so 
as you know, we've been very clear about that. The administration believes that every person, no matter their sex, uh, race, religion, or who they love, should have the equal access to society, including access to products and services on the same terms as other members of public. Uh, look. Department of Justice said uh, in its brief that for decades, non-discrimination public accom accommodations laws have coexisted with the First Amendment. Uh, courts have recognized that we can recognize that we can require businesses of open to public to service people regardless of their backgrounds, even when that means businesses must incidentally um, uh, engage in speech which they are which they disagree upon. No. That's completely inaccurate. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you this Tuesday. That's Corinne Jean-Pierre. And this was uh, yesterday, I th uh, one of her, huh? yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It, it, she's answering questions on this case uh, that, as it relates to Supreme Court, because it had to do with a web designer who was, she declined to do a website for a same-sex wedding, which, by the way, can I just full-on pause? Like, who does websites for weddings? I mean, it's just getting out of control. Stop it. Just get married. You don't need to do, like, a million different things. You really don't. Like, now you're going to create a website specifically for your wedding. Everything is, I look, I'm fine celebrating weddings and everything else, but people doing the gender reveals and the, the big websites and everything, it's over the top. Stop it. Anyway, back to my point. So this has to do with a case that they're hearing and some of the arguments that I was looking at yesterday, some of the responses from the justices were interesting uh, because they were discussing, you know, the involvement of the of the government in an alliance for defending freedom is involved in this case. Uh, this this website designer named Lori Smith. Colorado has super aggressive enforcement. All This is what the left does in Colorado. The left goes and finds Christian business owners and then tries to force them to engage in any kind of expression that would violate their beliefs. And then if they don't do it, they call them bigots and they try to ruin their lives. This is what leftists spend all their time in Colorado doing. I'm not exaggerating. They have gone after Jack Phillips for a ten, a what? How many years now? Over five years. Yeah. F lawsuit after lawsuit because he is I asked him one time point blank he was on the show I said would you make me a Halloween cake and he told me no but because I'm not an anti-Christian bigot I mean I'm a Christian I just like Halloween uh, because I'm not a whiny bigot who wants to torture people and while I pretend I have the moral high ground I didn't file suit against him and take him to court but see that's the ridiculousness of all of this so this case the and in fact, in, during the discussion in it, that just uh, Justice uh, Gorsuch at one point had accused Colorado, the state, of forcing Jack Phillips to undergo a re-education program. It's exactly what they did. So this particular case, Lori Smith, she's a website designer. She's a Christian, and she said that her speech has been chilled for six years because the website creation, Colorado's saying that it's public accommodation. And so that means you have to serve every single thing, regardless if it you have to do everything we tell you, regardless if it offends your conscience. And they were trying to say, which I think is one of the most insulting things I've ever heard. They're trying to say, well, it's like opposing interracial marriage, which is so stupid. You're telling 
please cite the, the scripture that talks about inner. I think that's a racist defense, by the way. When I hear someone bring up interracial marriage and use it as a comparison, I immediately judge you as a racist and you deserve the judgment. And quite frankly, you can serve that you deserve the conviction because it's a racist defense. It is one of the most offensive things that I've ever heard. And people should feel great shame in their heart for do, for using it. Find the scripture where it talks about that. This is what it this is what the left doesn't understand. This is about scripture. This is about their faith. And so the defense Colorado state of Colorado was trying to say, well, if you oppose same sex marriage, you oppose interracial marriage. No, that's com- what you're trying to say that being black or being white and getting married is a sin. Making a vow before God, because I mean, I I mean, I don't want to have to Bible thump, but I will if people want to go that route. It's they and they were saying that, well, this, you know, uh, vendors could then refuse service based on race or they could. But what she is talking about specifically is a tenant of her faith. What she is talking about is preserving and keeping within what the Bible says about an institution created by God that has nothing to do with marriage between a. Uh, a black man and a white woman or a, or a black woman and a white man it has nothing to do with that. This has to do between man, woman, period. And so Alliance for Defending Freedom obviously was arguing against that. And some of the responses from the justices were quite interesting. But her websites are to they're tailored for every individual customer. Regardless of how ridiculous and over the top I think that action is to have a website for your wedding, it's tailored for every customer and they include, I mean, she designs them. They include expressive messages, etc. And so in order to create a website, she is, I mean, it's basically, you're, she's using her, she would have to use her expression to legitimize something that goes against her faith. Now, they said that she's the state's trying to coerce her. Now she there's there's one thing to have a template for a site that you can just use. Like like for instance, this kind of goes along with the Baronel Stutzman case with the flower shop or Jack Phillips's case regarding the masterpiece cake shop. He was like, I have no problem selling a cake to anybody. But When you're asking me to use my talent to custom create something for you to essentially endorse your actions with the stamp of my expression as legitimacy, that's a violation of my faith. And he's correct. And so is Lori Smith's argument correct, because they're talking about not a one size fits all already formatted, just blank slate template. They're talking specifically about custom creations. Custom. And I think that the people who are forcing her to do this are the bigots because they could, I mean, there's, you're, you're telling me she is the, like Jack Phillips, he was the only baker in Colorado. This woman's apparently were led to believe is the only website designer in the entire state of Colorado. But to this point of the audio that we played, Karine Jean-Pierre, 
And what we played when we started this hour, they can require businesses to serve regardless of you're not an indentured servant. Not having the freedom in your work or association means that you don't have freedom, period. No one has asked why the couple couldn't find another web designer. See, they wanted to find someone who disagreed with them and they wanted to make a public example out of them and force them through the state to bend the knee. If you want to talk about fascism, there's yet another definition for you. And so Corinne Jean-Pierre is arguing that the government can make you do whatever they want to do. They can force you to bake the cake. They can force you to code the site. They can force you to do whatever. Except, you know, when it comes to, where's this at? I'm going to pull up this story. I had this yesterday somewhere. There was uh, an event that had been canceled by... uh, a business because the people for whom it was being held are Christians. In Virginia, a restaurant called Metzger Bar and Butchery canceled a Christian ministry's private party 90 minutes before it was scheduled to start. They said because their LGBT staff members refused to provide service for the event. They said Metzger Bar and Butchery, and this is from their Instagram, Metzger Bar and Butchery has always prided itself on being an inclusive environment for people to dine in. And in eight years of service, they like to end sentences with prepositions. In eight years of service, we very rarely refuse service to anyone who wished to dine with us. Recently, we refused service to a group that had booked an event with us after the owners of Metzger found out it was a group of donors to a political organization that seeks to deprive women and LGBTQ plus blah, 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 persons of their basic human rights in Virginia. I mean, the grammar of this... By the way, the grammar is so bad. I'm more offended over the grammar than anything that these people could possibly believe in. I mean, your sentences are absolutely butchered to the point where they're in ele- they're in absolutely illegible. You end things with prepositions. You split your infinitives. Your none of your tenses match. It's just an absolute nightmare, and I'm so offended over it. I almost don't want to share it with my audience because the grammar is so atrocious. Bottom line is, they said that they said that all their staff are uh, people with rights. They deserve dignity, et cetera, et cetera. So they canceled this. They went ahead and let these people do it. And then to purposely be spiteful, purposefully be spiteful, they canceled it 90 minutes before. Here's the thing. Should Metzger Bar and Butchery be forced to cater? If you believe that Jack Phillips should bake the cake, if you believe that Lori Smith should create the site, then you believe in the state sending a SWAT team to force Metzger Bar and Butchery to force them to physically serve these people who booked them. And if they don't, throw them in jail. Those are, your, those are the left's rules. That's what the left believes. I, on the other hand, because I'm not a fascist, I don't believe that. I think that, first, I think it was attention-seeking and it was really, really uh, lame for them to do what they did. But the, I don't, they shouldn't be forced to do anything if they don't want to do it. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to force everyone to do this, I completely support using the most barbaric of state power to force people to bend the knee like Metzger Bar and Butchery. If that means sending cops down there to glue service trays physically to the hands of these servers, then so be it. I mean, these are your rules, right? Destroy their business then if they don't want to do it. Drain their bank accounts, destroy their business, drag every single family member's name through the mud, ruin the lives of all your servers, and make it to where they are not only ir- they are not only irredeemable in society, but they aren't even fit for employment, and let them languish on the periphery of life. If you want to make it even, 
Otherwise, pull your britches up and realize that there probably are other establishments in the area, just like there are other web designers in Colorado, just like there are other bakers in Colorado, just like there are other uh, uh, florists in Oregon, t-shirt shops in Kentucky. No one owes you anything. You don't get, oh, I'm owed more because I'm gay. No, you don't. No, you don't. You either believe in equality or you don't. And equality means you're not owed anything more than someone else just because of how you decide to get down and dirty behind closed doors. I'm so tired. Hey, guess what? I have sex a different way than you. I get special rights. No, you don't. That's stupid. Shut up. You don't get special rights. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I eat food differently. I get special rights too. I mean, do you, you see how ridiculous this gets? I don't think Metzger Bar and Butchery should be forced to serve anyone they don't want to. I don't think Lori Smith should be forced to create a website for anyone for, that she doesn't want to create a website for. I don't think that Jack Phillips, even though I'm sure he could knock out a banger of a Halloween cake, I don't think that he should be forced to make anything that violates his conscience. You either believe it or you don't. And for the government to weigh in like this, I hardly believe that people who themselves have never held a position in the private sector can be passing judgment on whatever people in the private sector do. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, 972-PATRIOT. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. Black women are dying three to four times the rate of, of white women in childbirth as a result of childbirth. And so if you care about life, we ought to find a way. That's a place where government could show up. Yeah and address the obvious bias in our healthcare system. It, it's what Jesus would do. It, I think it's exactly what Jesus uh, would do. Senator- Wait, what, 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 So this was Raphael Warnock on the, and the Hen House show. No, that was Joy Reid. Oh, Joy, uh, same difference. Uh, Joyless well, Behar is who you're thinking of. In they're all, it's, you know what? It's a bunch of same bitter, bitter yeah, broads. Dana Lash here with you. Welcome back. So he's saying Jesus would have wanted abortion on demand yes okay good luck taking that up with the lord good luck with that man that's when you wish you could like you know have an angel wear a gopro and stand outside the gates and just watch how that goes down man you know i'd I'd pay for that i'd pay to stream it i'd watch that i'd get like i'd get some popcorn and i would watch it man alive welcome back to the program we were talking about this case the uh, same-sex wedding discussion that the Supreme Court's having because this people in Colorado, there's only one website designer in the entire state of Colorado, and she's a devout... Yeah, you know, and it's, it's true, uh-huh. And apparently, 
um, and she's a Christian. And so she did not want to be forced by the government to custom create a celebratory website for a, a, a union between a same sex couple because she recognizes marriage as being created as an institution being created by God. And so she, you know, was with all these cases had gave given reference, but the couple, they thought that the best way to celebrate their new life together was to be completely hateful and persecute this woman and try to get everyone. If you don't agree with me, then we're going to make it to where you can't exist and try to murder her professionally. And so they carried out this, like it's like a six year long uh, persecution of this woman. So it's before the Supreme court. And I gave the example of this case out of Virginia, a story out of Virginia where uh, that I saw, I read yesterday where this restaurant, the Metzger Bakery and Butchery, didn't want to service. They uh, canceled this catering event for uh, a group that had supported, you know, Christian causes. I wouldn't want to eat at that Metzger place anyway, because I'd be afraid they'd pull a Putin in my food, man. Yeah. Would you want to eat at a place where the people hated you? No. For real. Like, would you, you know, no. can you imagine being forced to, this is what the government would do. They would force the Metzger people to serve you. And then you would have to sit here and be like, did they spit in my food? Did they do something worse in my food? I don't know. Did they? I mean, who knows? It's, I'm, ill. No, no, nobody would want that. So stop forcing people to bend the knee or serve the, uh, cater the event or bake the cake or create the website. Just stop it. And if you have problems finding another service, then you have bigger problems than most of us, I think, realize or you know. <laughs> Stay with us. We got another hour on the way. Immigration, media, Georgia's runoff, all that and more. Back after this. Just a moment. Stay with us. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beats Art Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. State and not visit the border because the more important thing going on, they're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. Hmm. There's no bit. There's no issue at the border. I mean, there's no. He's not. He's not concerned about it. He said there's more important things going on than the border crisis. That's the president of the United States. I am not. I'm Dana Lash. Welcome to the show. You're lovable. I'm not lovable today. Let's be real. But you still want to sit by me and gossip all the same. You're curmudgeon. How about just that, that? You're all American curmudgeon here with you on the program. There's more important things, he says, going on in the border crisis, like how to make sure that Hunter stays in the powder, man. I mean, what else is he going to put on a hooker's backside and snort? Let's be real. I mean, where's the lie? It's that kind of day. I told Kane, I'm like, Kane's like, how do you want to, what do we want to do this? How are we going to start this segment? We have a rundown, but he already sensed that something was amiss. And I'm like, whatever we can do to be jerks. Let's be jerks. Let's just do that. But you really don't have to be because you can just have an honest reaction to some of this stuff. And, right. and you know, that's kind of it. Right? Exactly right. 
So he says there's more important things going on than the border crisis. Laughs and cartel coyote. They're like, what? Right? What's more important than... He literally just said, screw them kids at the border. He literally said that. He just did that Michael Jordan meme. Oh, he did that just now. <laughs> screw them kids. That's what he said. I mean, basically. it's Hey, if I were the press, if I were acting like legacy press, I would be like, yeah, he said it. Yeah. And spend all afternoon trying to work that out. Mm-hmm. So more important things at the board. Does he know where it is? It's in the state he was in. I would love to do an exercise. I'd love to hand him like just a sheet of paper where it's just the black outline of the United States and all the states and hand him like some crayons and be like, color where do you think the border is? <laughs> where, where do you think it is? Just color there in that area. You don't even have to draw it or do it. Just color in that general area. Come on. And see where, yeah, see where that, what, what happens there. He'd probably, I don't know, he'd eat it, the crayon. I don't know, he might, who knows. So, I have to share with you a couple of things. I saw this one video from this one leftist. I'm just throwing bombs out there online, so stay away from me on Twitter right now. I just, I feel like picking fights. I feel like Mel Gibson and Braveheart. I'm going to pick a fight. It's just me. But this one lefty said that, this is what this is the left spin, guys. This is the left spin on the the Hunter Biden New York Post story, and this perhaps is one of my favoriteest. It's a new. It's a word now. Spins ever. Their argument is that the Republicans all they care about is making sure that people have the right to post Hunter Biden's penis on the internet. First off, internet is capitalized, and because it's a proper noun. Thank you very much. Web is not. I just have to correct the leftist tweet because it just bugs me. Everybody's grammar sucks today. But first off, I'm pretty sure that Hunter Biden voluntarily posted his own penis on the Internet a lot without congressional help. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure that 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 no one made him do that. I told Jesse Waters last night. We were talking about the Kennedy Center honors, which what are what are even those? What is that? I have no idea what I know. We gave them twenty five million dollars two years ago in stimulus funds, and then they turned around and fired ninety six members of their orchestra. But otherwise, I don't know what they do. It's a thing where the famous people, they dress up and they get together and they give each other awards. So you pay, like you get an award if you show up. Here's your award for being so damn great. <gasps> Thank you. Here's your award for being a good friend. Oh my gosh, all the awards. That's I guess that's the Kennedy Center Honors. I don't know. So they were at the Kennedy Center Honors and uh, Paul Pelosi dressed up like, I guess it was dress up because, no, 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 no. I don't mean like in evening wear. He went, he cosplayed as Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. He wore the fedora and the one glove. Who knew? I was waiting for him to moonwalk. But, you know, I don't I don't know what was happening before the bat situation. But, uh, yeah, it was he showed up in one glove and he had on a fedora and he showed up with Nancy Pelosi. And then Hunter Biden was there. And I thought that Hunter Biden was going, you know, we were talking about him and what he posts on the Internet. God help us all. But I thought for sure that he would get an award. 
because he not only is he such a laptop enthusiast, but I mean, his devotion to the cinema cane, his sh- the short films that he creates. I thought for sure that he was going to be acknowledged for those. I can't remember. I, I told Jesse, I said, I think my favorite one is the deprivation tank. I don't know what that's what that's called. It's very art house, though. There's no dialogue. There's no script. Um, it's you know, it's all very it's very Jacques Toddy in a way. Yes, it is. Um, if you like playtime and some of the other, you know, French critiques on uh, modernism, I just felt that it was, you know, it, I do like the avant garde nature of it all. Yeah, I mean, he was in this deprivation tank, which, you know, ironically, it looked like he himself was in a giant. Maybe this was on purpose, Kane, because the crack pipes that he has, they have the bulb. I don't I mean, right. That's what the crack pipe is. It has the bulb and then the stuff is in the bulb part of it. I think so. So he's sitting in the water in this deprivation tank and he has a crack pipe. So it's very meta. He's smoking the crack pipe, recording himself. He smuggled his phone and the drugs in the deprivation tank and some liquor. I forgot. He's also had some some booze. All I don't know where he set his phone. All, all in the his, deprivation tank. Yeah, all part of his best work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just maybe it was a statement on drug use in America. I don't know. But long story short, I thought for sure that uh, cinematographer and laptop enthusiast Hunter Biden was going to receive an award. And that's why he was there. Or maybe he was just in charge of the door prizes. The part, because sometimes you go to those events. I've never been to one like this, but I'm just assuming. You know how if you go to a conference and everyone has like a little thing in the con- or like if you go to a wedding and there's like oh, a like little a thing, bag? like a little chocolate or something that's on your plate, maybe everyone got like a little bitty crack rock. And that's, he was there. I was just, I mean, I don't know if he, he didn't have on the weird, whatever that is, the lay that they had, the rainbow lay. So, but Bono was there. I can see why you would think that everybody would get a crack rock. I mean, it's justifiable way Mm, of thinking. And his uh, influencer, Instagram influencer wife was there and I didn't see any of his I didn't see one of his, well, I didn't see his other, his kid, Bo, and we never see the other one that he doesn't acknowledge. So I, you know, I don't know, but I just thought for sure that he was going to receive something. Anyway, long story short, that's the left spin. The left says that because they, they, they said that the right just wants to be able to post his pictures of his copulatory organ. But what they don't understand is that we don't. He just did it a lot by himself. And of other people's stuff, too. And it's just gross. And it just, you would just kind of, can you imagine if Donald Trump Jr., don't imagine it too much, but just imagine Donald Trump Jr., if they, if the New York Times found a laptop belonging to Donald Trump Jr., and it had even an eighth of what is on Hunter Biden's laptop, sorry, two laptops, because there were two of them. Can you imagine? I mean, they fabricated a whole story about him involving a uh, fusion GPS worker that never happened. Can you imagine if they had found something like that? That would have been, oh my gosh, you'd still, it would still be above the fold news. They would find some way to make it above the fold still today. You know this. So I just, you know, I've got a lot of questions. I just have some questions about this. Now, I saw a video a little earlier 
And this is one of the bombs that I threw out on the Twitter. So we'll see if I instantly get suppressed. Who knows? But it was the Congressional Gold Medal Ceremony for the J6 police people. I don't know. And they had Nancy Pelosi there, who apparently did not want to call. Remember, she didn't want to call the the National Guard. They had Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. And the people only shook the hands of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And they made a point to walk right past Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, who are also holding these little medals. And Mitch McConnell extends his hand to shake hands, and they just kind of look and walk right by him. This is, again, well, first off, were these the ones who opened the door for everyone to go in? Are these the 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 January 6th police who opened the door for everyone to go in? Is that why they get the special medals? Probably. I'm just wondering. Secondly, why I can't be in elected office. Reason 5,092. I would have sneezed and accidentally dropped the medal. <laughs> I'm just saying. Kicked Maybe kicked it under the seat. Because it's all so stupid. It really is. And they just walk right on by. I would not. I I mean, I don't know. I just think it's all so. But I'm just wondering if these are the ones who opened the door and let everyone in. Now, I asked Twitter. Because that's where everyone goes to get good answers. And Twitter's having some difficulties. But I I asked Twitter uh, what they thought. I, I had asked them. I said, are these the ones who opened the doors and let everyone in? And someone told me that I was a horrible B-word. And I said, hey, don't mistake me for your mom. But I haven't gotten, I mean, nobody knows if those are the ones who let people in or not. I just feel like they should have, you know, me, I don't know. Are they going to, man, just, it's a legitimate question. And why do they get gold medals? I mean, or are these the ones that uh, shot Ashley Babbitt? I'm just curious. Did they get a medal for that? Did they get medals because they shot a, a an unarmed protester? I'm just wondering. That's the only time it's okay to shoot unarmed people. Apparently, if they're conservative, just you know, just just asking questions and thinking out loud. I'm just wondering. Just you know, this is all just speculative. I'm just asking questions. So the um, anyway. So that's I saw that video and I just thought that was that was sheer class, Kane. It was almost as classy as shredding the speech during a. State of the Union Union address, that's right. Almost, almost. And I have a few other things to hit that we're going to get into here. The, one of them, we're going to talk about this, uh, this moves in Congress as it relates to both uh, immigration, this media bill, which I'm not on board with, the JCPA, I'm not on board with that. We talked a little bit about that and we're going to have more discussions on it just so you can be aware of what it is. You can make your own determinations about it, but... I don't know. I'm just, I'm not all the way there. And also, people are talking about how they hear how employees aren't just, they're just not showing up. And how students aren't really showing up. And church attendance is down. And you have drug overdoses up. It's really sad. And it's making for a very sad, incredibly sad thing. Also, guess whose daughter worked at Twitter? His name rhymes with, I'll give you one clue. His name rhymes with Fauci. Oh. 
Okay. Yes. Oh my God. We're, I did that right, right? We're going to talk about that and more. So, yeah, it works. A lot of the media just doesn't really cover some of the most important news of the day. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. In the latest episodes, I'm going to talk about how the results of the midterms are not really working out as expected. And the two parties are just headed into total uncharted territory. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the daily No Chit Chat podcast. I don't talk about every single issue, just the ones you need to know about most. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So I'm trying to figure out what I think of this headline. This is from The Independent. It says that people are divided over a plane passenger who woke up to a child drawing on her white socks. And it had to do, there was a kid who was drawing on her white socks. It was on an Instagram travel account called Passenger Shaming and Independent. Tried to make it, put it behind a firewall. Uh, She had her feet up and the kid drew on her socks. But apparently her foot was in some, was in between, you know how I was telling you, on the armrest in between the seats. So that's what happens when you put your feet in spaces on the plane that ain't yours. Somebody could draw on your socks. I'd have punched her feet off. So, you know, you just had your socks drawn on. So you got some free art. Uh, Let's see. A fed up business is blasting music to deter homeless encampments in North Seattle. So interestingly enough, it's Comcast. They're playing loud music from their from their uh, by their their speakers by their surveillance cameras to try to keep people from homeless people from setting up shelters in their parking lots. Hmm. Uh, let's see. And Germany farmers are ordered to cut fertilizer use to meet the EU completely unscientific green agenda. We got a lot more on the way. Don't go anywhere. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. If you don't love the Constitution, why are you running for office in the United States of America? You got to love the Constitution. So it is time for us to stand up, but stand together. Because what the left has tried to do and the guy I'm running against have tried to separate us. So that's Herschel Walker, who is the runoff is today in Georgia. It all comes down to it, whether it's going to be 50 or 51. That Democrats have the Senate. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. I have a suspicion that some people would be like, well, what does it matter if I go and vote if technically Democrats already control? There are people out there. You guys know this. There are people out there who will say that. Well, then what is the purpose of me going out and casting a vote if Democrats are just going to keep control of the Senate? Well, the difference is between a 50-50 with the tiebreaker you know, being the vice president or giving Democrats one extra so that they don't, the way it is right now with committees and assignments and all of this, they have a power sharing agreement because it's so close. But this will absolutely upset that agreement if Raphael Warnock wins. And there, it's it's important. I mean, I just, it for me, I... I just know that there are going to be people who complain about all of these issues that we talk about every single day who are not going to go out and vote or make sure that other people don't go vote. It's your responsibility to go and vote. I mean, it's, you know, people died to preserve your right. It's, what do you know, is they're offering it to you? 
on their as their their you know these people who are offering this 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 to you they protected your right with their sacrifice you're just going to slap the gift out of their hands no thanks i hope people take it seriously and i hope they go vote it is that important it does not take that much of your time and you would rather have to kind of butcher a jefferson quote a little too much liberty to attend to than too little so look at it like it is your your you were privileged to be able to go and do this we live in such a great country and it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to do these things. So a couple of things. This uh, issue with immigration. There's an immigration bill that's in Congress right now. And it's a time crunch because Democrats are trying to get done as much as possible before Republicans are seated in January. And the way it looks right now, it just looks like it's a, it's a framework of a, of a deal. I think it's kind of DOA. Democrats have a lot of they're not going to have any any power in the House. And I think that they're trying to stall it out a little bit in the I think Republicans are at least in the Senate. And there's no reason why we should be doing any kind of why are we doing immigration? What is the point of immigration reform when the borders wide open? What's the point? What is the point of any of it? McCarthy asked this question, too. The, it, until the border's secure, there's no reason to do any kind of reform for immigration. I mean, you're just incentivizing illegality by allowing people who broke the law by entering illegally, rewarding them with a pathway to citizenship or citizenship outright, which actually displaces all of the people who have been waiting in line and doing everything right. It pushes them to the back of the line and it rewards illegal behavior illegal entry there's no reason to rush this through but if biden's not concerned about the border he just said there are other issues than the border so i hope that republicans use that soundbite whenever this issue about immigration reform comes up oh well you know what exactly. joe biden said that there's other issues than the border so we're going to take him at his word and we're going to slow walk this thing until y'all are out and then we'll come back and reconsider it. But no, we're not doing anything on immigration reform right now. That needs to be the answer. There's a lot of, um, there's some reporting on the right about this where it's a little hysterical. And look, I'm one of those people, I'll get mad when I need to. I like to use my energy properly. And where they're saying, oh my gosh, they, you know, you have McConnell caving to Pelosi and Schumer and, they're allowing a media cartel bailout. I'm, again, I'm not with, and that's the JCPA. I'm not on board with that. But the immigration bill, that's just framework. Now, as it, res, as it relates to the media bill, let me open this up. The right is actually split on this, interestingly enough. You could read a handful of conservative websites, and they are all divided on what is known as the journalism competition and Preservation Act. And I myself am not uh, a huge fan of this because I just don't know why we're making this appeal to government. Now, a lot of what this... This is basically the way that it's being approached. This had to do with some of the moves from... Let me give you the backstory. Some of the moves from Google and Meta, which is Facebook. I hate calling it Meta. It's Facebook. 
So when it, what ended up happening is that Meta was saying that they were going to remove they that the way that they were dealing with news articles and how news articles were being uh, promoted on Facebook and how news entities were being squelched. There were people who wanted to give conservative media digital entities the ability to try to band together and fight some of that. Well, now Facebook says that they're going to they'll take the news off the platforms. Uh, including Facebook, because of this thing. So they're against it. Some conservative entities are for it. Some are against it. You have Google and Facebook that attract roughly about 80% of the digital ad spending. And of all ad spending in the United States, they occupy 45% of that. That is huge. And they distribute, it's free distribution in a way. But because they take so much of this they have so much ad revenue. I think what two thirds, this is from Forbes. They have like a five trillion searches. Google keeps 65%. This is a wild headline of visits to itself. That's pretty. So roughly what about when you look at the search results, this is like, um, that's a huge it's two-thirds of their google searches you you don't even go outside of google that's that's control so the united states is government in the united states are trying to figure out do we use antitrust competition laws because is that needed to help journalism survive and Keynes, you have the same i'm not convinced either I was reading a piece by National Review and they were trying to cite Australia. They were looking at Australia's news bargaining code. Why in the hell are we looking at Australia for a single thing here? I watched them as they threw a mother in jail because she was outside just her and her child without a mask on. Why are we looking at Australia for anything? They said their solution was elegant and effective. I don't think so. I just, why, I I get real nervous about this stuff. So they've had uh, this, that's what this bill is apparently, that's what they're looking for, for this bill to do. It's the Journalism Comp- uh, Competition and Preservation Act. And conservative media think that it could be good for conservative media and to help conservative media get around some of the thwarting of Google and Facebook. But is that necessarily, I think that it increases controlled by tech institutions does it not because if you're looking at now one of the things that Cruz and and others i think john kennedy of louisiana they said that this is applicable only for small and mid-sized media companies exemptions to federal antitrust laws that are going to allow them to work with big tech to what determine what is just what's distributed and what isn't I don't like that. Does it just to me when I read this bill, all I see is this is ex, is is expanding text control. Is it not? Am I reading this incorrectly? That's how I'm looking at this. So I'm not with this. I'm going to write a piece on this later. If you subscribe to the newsletter, chapter and verse at Substack, because I just I am not. I'm not on the. I'm I'm not even on the fence. I think I'm on the other side of the fence against it right now. I mean, I understand the concern about government incentivized collusion, but I just don't see how having more government 
involved when you want less government is in any way better. Now, there are, like I said, there are some entities that support this, that support this thing. I mean, I get it. There are some that, you know, that that think that this is a good idea. There's some Republicans that think it's a good idea. I mean, they say that, like, for instance, Representative Ken Buck said, I want to ensure all news content creators, including conservative publications that have been crushed by big tech, like the Federalist and Daily Caller. Federalist, I don't think, is on board with us. Daily Caller is. Are covered under the Journalism uh, Competition and Preservation Act. Isn't this kind of like a fairness doctrine? I was against the fairness doctrine. Why would I be for this? Hmm. Now, additionally, a couple of other things. It uh, falls upon me to let you know that sharks are and Shark Week is racist and sexist. What? Yeah, so this is the Washington Post. I can't believe that this was a piece, but it was Shark Week lacks diversity and overrepresents men named Mike. Say scientists. Like diversity in sharks? Um, I don't know. Maybe. It's shark week. It's shark week. It's apparently, and men named Mike, don't forget. So they say researchers uh, regarding Discovery's programming overwhelmingly featured white men as experts while emphasizing negative messages about sharks. I'm reading you this thing. This is how this piece starts. God help us all. Lisa Whitenack loved sharks as a kid, and she spent rainy days leafing through a guide to sharks in Reader's Digest. Blah, blah, blah. This chick's life. But when the scientists appeared on TV, she rarely saw women she could look up to. Why would I know I could do that? Is your family that stupid that it, they don't tell you that you can be a scientist? I'm sorry. I'm interrupting my, my own reading of this. She says, I don't come from a family of scientists. I don't see people that look like me on television. Well, then your family are stupid and they did you a disservice. Why is that everyone else's problem? I'm sorry your stupid mom and dad didn't tell you. You can only you can be whatever you want to be. You don't have to just see it on the TV. You Really? You actually have to see it? right in front of you to know that you can do that i don't know i guess maybe i was more imaginative as a child she's a biology professor now in pennsylvania and i just i just don't understand why that's an issue because i don't see anyone that looks exactly like me being a scientist on shark week so i don't know if i can be a scientist and do shark weeks too then your family is they're morons and you're probably kind of dumb too uh this Shark Week thing, there's actually a, there's, I mean, literally a group that apparently deals with minorities and sharks. I did not know there was a thing. So there's all these studies, and they said that Shark Week concentrates power in the hands of white male featured scientists. And they lack effective messaging about conservation. And there's too many of them named Mike. The sharks, I mean. Is that a thing I've never paid? What was the shark in Nemo, Kane? Uh, Bruce. Bruce. Bruce the shark. They said that the programs feature more white experts and commentators named Mike than women. And sharks that they call it. I don't even understand what this is. This is so stupid. Do you watch Shark Week? There's um, literally a group that studies minorities and sharks. And it's called <laughs> Minorities and Shark Sciences. Okay. We so need that. Somebody spent money on that? Yeah, that's weird. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna lay this on the table and come back to this because we gotta we gotta get moving. We got Florida man on the way. We gotta we gotta. That's our uh, our segment where the most sensible Americans are discussed. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida man. Mm. So uh, this is uh, Florida man in Pinellas County. He was arrested because he slapped a police horse on the butt. Can't do that. It's a working animal. So they said, according to the arrest report, two mounted St. Petersburg officers were on duty. It's about two in the morning on Saturday. And their horses were wearing the appropriate police insignia and red and blue flashing lights. The horses were? Had the lights? Officers came that Alicia Lalani, 27, walked up to one of the horses and slapped the horse open-handed on the butt. He was unaware that he was not allowed to slap a police horse on the butt. And he said he was promptly arrested and now faces a charge of battery on a police horse. Yeah, you can't mess around like that. Can you can you pet them? I'm sure you'd have to ask to pet them. But I mean, good. That's yeah, you can't do that. I don't it doesn't say whether or not it was done maliciously or he was just like, oh, there's a police horse. I mean, I would hope. Plus, you need to understand you can't walk up behind a horse. Without, you know what I mean? And then slapping them Yeah, you're going to get kicked. You're going to get hurt. Yeah, that's going to, yeah. A Florida man stole over $1,000 worth of toothbrushes from Walgreens. I didn't know you could t- steal over 1,000 toothbrushes. They were electric ones. He apparently went in. He was driving a white Lexus. And they're, he, they, they did find him. They arrested him. And uh, he said he threw them. The, when, they, when police caught up with him, he said he threw the toothbrushes off the Long Key Bridge. His name is Tracy Mofield, but apparently he walked out without paying for these electric toothbrushes. Six of them. Six of them are $1,000. What kind of electric toothbrushes are these? Good heavens. And then he got into his Lexus and drove away. Monroe County Sheriff's deputies got him. And uh, he did try to speed away, but they they were able to get him still. So I don't know why. I, I Good heavens. Uh, Let's see. A uh, Florida man found a bear sleeping on his front porch, UPI. It was just a cute little little bear napping, taking a little nap right outside his front door. Chuck Robbins of Heathrow said he heard there was a bear in the neighborhood. He was going to go outside to take photos because someone told him there was a bear in the area. And he legit opens up his door and it's there on his porch. He says, it was amazing. I just walked out and he was like right there in front of me. So close, Robbins said. Thankfully, he was unscathed. He uh, stayed behind the storm door. But they did have to call uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife. Yeah, he just curled up, taking a little nap right there on the on the porch. That would be terrifying and also adorable, right? Yeah. Adorable, but, you know, terrifying, too, as well. Uh, all right, so coming up, this is what we got for you on deck. We uh, have more. I've got wokery for you. We've got some of the latest with the fight on free speech. We're going to get into that. Uh, A whole bunch of things still. You don't want to miss a single bit of the program. A lot more on the way. Third hour on deck. Back in a moment. The president was asked as he was leaving the White House uh, if he was going to go to the border. He he said he had uh, there were more important things going on. Um, with, can you, do you can you clarify those remarks? Where was he yeah, being dismissive? Well, I mean, like happy to. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I just laid out a couple moments ago, like when the president first walked into the administration, the first thing he did was put forth a comprehensive immigration reform uh, legislation. So that showed his commitment uh, to dealing with that issue. Uh, look. The president was was clear that his top priority uh, is investing in the American economy and in American communities. And he's focused on on, 
on out-competing China and bringing back American jobs from overseas. That's what you're going to see today. Uh, and so if anyone believes that the president shouldn't, do, shouldn't make that his top priority, uh, they should say that out loud. Right? What? Oh, man, what is she talking about? That's what he did say, though. He did say that there's more important things than the border. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you this Tuesday, top of our third hour. So did she actually address? She didn't address anything. No, no, not at all. What did we get? What are we going to see there today? You're going to see that here today. You're going to see it. See what? That? that? (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. There's more important things than the border, which is actually very inconvenient to my narrative of a successful presidency. Good heavens. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that's, that's going to go over very well. Not going to go over. This is after they said the laptop was a distraction. Everything's a distraction to them. For what, I don't know. Not quite sure, but, you know, for what, I don't know. <laughs> Some of the other things we're keeping an eye on. This uh, crazy story, I'm going to pull this up. It's coming out of, uh, well, an updates to the Loudoun School. Luke Rosiak has done such a great job on this. He said that Loudoun County schools had a stunning lack of transparency around the, remember this was last year where you had the rape of the girl in the bathroom by a transgender individual, a guy who identified as a girl, and the school was going to try to hide it. And they actually went after the dad who was upset that they didn't tell him. And they said the grand jury said that Loudoun schools had a stunning lack of transparency around the bathroom rape and intentional amnesia, their words, saying that they might have indicted the Loudoun County Public School District's lawyer for witness tampering if such a law existed in Virginia. All this stuff came out in court. They said days before the girl was raped. A teacher's aide wrote to the department chair that the student had come into the class more than once with his arm around a girl's neck. And she had said, I have caught him. This is the, the guy who identified as a girl so he could use a women's bathrooms. The, she said, I have caught him sitting on other girls' laps several times. I wouldn't want to be held accountable if someone should get hurt. But school officials, Rosiak writes, seemed to accuse the teacher's aide of transphobia. Because see, the boy wore a skirt. He's sitting on girls' laps wearing a skirt and all this stuff. And the teacher's aide was, uh, they intimated that she was transphobic. Her true motivation was questioned, and they asked her if she actually followed proper protocol. And then here's where it gets even crazier. Days later, just a couple of days later, that's when the student was raped. And during the act itself, another teacher's aide walked into the bathroom. And she saw that two students were in a stall together and did nothing. According to the report, the girl was lying on the bathroom floor and the skirt-wearing boy stood over her. And, I mean, I can't even say some of the stuff that's in this, the court document. But he asked her a question and she responded no, as in she did not want this interaction. And he was apparently aggressive, and this was a special education teaching assistant who walked into the restroom. And the female student, the ninth grader, he was roughhousing her. He apparently had forced her on her stomach on the floor. 
and was holding her down. And that's when the teaching assistant walked into the restroom. I'm reading the court docs. Uh, They said this caused the male student to jump up. The female student was in a lot of pain and got up slowly. And the teaching assistant didn't do anything about it. And she left, and then he continued to sodomize the girl, according to court documents. From Luke Rosiak. So then when the victim's father came to school, because he was told that his daughter had been uh, assaulted, and then he finds out that, no, no, she had been brutal. She was actually pretty violently raped. They called the police on him because he was so upset, as he had every right to be. And then they offered counseling to students who watched the police arrest him. And they sent an email to all of the other parents saying that the angry dad was the only threat on campus that day. And in the only time, Rosiak notes, the rapist was on the loose the entire time for hours. There was a rapist who was literally missing and at large, a violent rapist, and they only discussed getting a restraining order against the upset father. Luke Rosiak on the Loudoun County School that thing a year ago. The chief operating officer arrived at the scene and immediately wrote that, quote, the incident at SBHS is related to policy 8040. And that's the policy that the superintendent and school board were attempting to pass dealing with transgender student bathroom usage. One month after, the victim's dad was arrested at the school board meeting where they were debating the policy 8040. The superintendent said publicly in front of the parent, we played this audio at the time, that there had, quote, never been any bathroom assaults. The dad was upset and objected. They arrested him. Loudoun County Public Schools never disciplined the rapist. A judge ordered him not to return to the school or use computers. The prosecutor was too busy seeking jail time against the victim's dad for a misdemeanor. They never told the school and it didn't transfer and they didn't transfer him until the new year started. Within the first couple of weeks at the new school of the new school year, Rosiak notes, the uh, student was wearing an ankle bracelet for rape charges. He was accused and charged with committing multiple incidents of sexually depraved or offensive behavior, which the superintendent knew about. They forced him to write, quote, I will not touch others. I will not ask for photos uh, of some of something intimate nature or provocative. Then they note days later, according to the documents, he quote snatched an unassuming female out of the hallway, abducted her to a nearly empty classroom, nearly asphyxiated her and sexually assaulted her. The victim told that victim told a cop instead of prince of the principal. And according to police, she was worried that the principal was going to lecture her for not wearing a mask. And that's why she told the police and not the principal. The report found that the superintendent, Zeigler, his misrepresentations and concealment were so extensive, the school board did not know that a violent rapist was in their district until Rosiak himself broke the story. They ordered the communications director of the school. The, the director ordered the, all the staff to ignore Rosiak's inquiry. And that's according to the grand jury investigation. 
Rosiak said, according to this, this was the, this is all from the uh, court documents. Quote, from the jury. Quote, we were met with obfuscation and legal strategies designed to frustrate the special grand jury's work. Everyone was pushed to use the school district's lawyer who tried to stop them from saying anything. Wow. And a teacher refused to have that school district's lawyer represent her. And that lawyer went ahead and claimed that he represented that teacher anyway. <sighs> they, Loudoun County Public Schools, tried to get all the officials and school board members to use an attorney they provided, and the attorney vigorously tried to block all subpoenas. One teacher, according to the documents, refused to use that attorney, and that's the one Rosiak was writing about, saying that he tried to shut her up, he threatened her, this won't look well for the schools, and then told everyone he represented her anyway against her will. The two school board members did not show up to their testimony. The court said they were going to arrest them if they didn't show up within two hours. One board member explained that she was acting on the advice of her own lawyer. They, weren't, they, they wouldn't recognize any other lawyer except their own. This is unbelievable. I mean, I've... When you think that... I mean, I don't know how there's not a law against witness tampering, by the way, in Virginia. This is what was going on in Loudoun County Public Schools. This is why parents voted the way they did. This is why they turned out. And you had Democrats. Democrats went after these parents... They impugned their characters. They defended. You had people out there saying that they were bullying the rapist while the rapist was going out there assaulting other girls, like violently, like grabbing them. You know, he's a lot bigger than these other girls and was targeting apparently a lot younger girls and just manhandling them. And I mean, they were not able to fight back physically against him. And the school was protecting the rapist. And you want to know why parents were up in arms over all this. Unbelievable. What floors me, too, is that the school board didn't know until Rosiak wrote a story. <laughs> That's un. Holy wow. That's something else. Something else. Now, a couple of other got a bunch of we got all kinds of stuff here. We've got the Georgia runoff race, which is happening. Uh, the according to a couple of different polls, I know the crystal ball one, the uh, University of Virginia, they were saying that Walker was trailing. The Trafalgar, Trafalgar poll was saying that Walker was trailing by four. You know what overcomes any of that is turnout. You got to go out and vote. You have to go out and vote. It's incredibly important. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. And this is sad. So Mills Lane, y'all remember him? The legendary boxing ref. He was famous for saying, let's get it on. 85 years old, he's passed away. His son Tommy told the Reno Gazette Journal that his dad had suffered a stroke 20 years ago and he had been in hospice for the last week. He said he took a significant decline, but he was comfortable and surrounded by his family. He was also in Celebrity Deathmatch. Everybody knows Mills Lane. Let's get it on. He also looked super tough. He did. He was like, what's his name? Jason Statham, but like the OG. Jason Statham, he really was. I mean, he's like tough as all get out. Time Magazine is their Person of the Year finalist. Do you care? No, none of us care. Person of the Year finalist? Nobody cares. Uh, the um, Netflix documentary on that Ginger Spare and his briefcase suitcase, little briefcase game show wife. Uh, they use stock photos from like the Harry Potter premiere and other people's 
more well-attended events to act like a te- and they misrepresented the photos as these are photos like they, they I mean they came across like these are their the photographers following them and they weren't so they that they got busted for that how embarrassing they're getting an award from Alec Baldwin the guy who murdered his uh, cinematographer uh, they're getting an award from Alec Baldwin on about racism or something I don't know it's some stupid thing tonight they're trying to upstage the Will and Kate the royals that the actual royals that came in they're trying to upstage them because they're so jealous uh, let's see Arthur Pierce this is a pretty amazing story remains of a soldier who died he died 80 years ago as in World War II POW camp the remains were identified he was in a Japanese POW camp and so Army Private First Class Arthur Pierce of Malden, Massachusetts. He was captured and held at the camp in the Philippines prior to his death during World War II. And they identified his remains using mitochondrial DNA analysis as well as anthropological analysis and circumstantial evidence, according to the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency. He was a member of the 803rd Engineer Battalion. He was involved in biting, he was fighting on the Bataan Peninsula. So he, they think he was part of the march there. And one of the soldiers reported as captured when forces had surrendered to Japan in the spring of that year there. So uh, that's pretty unbelievable. So he is, they're bringing his remains back. They they identified, uh, brought him back, identified them. He's going to be buried in Augusta, Maine at a future date. And then they said anyone interested in the memorial arrangements can contact the Army Casualty Office. Wow, that's pretty unbelievable. But they were able to identify them. So that's, you know, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Also, a couple of other things here uh this uh pull this up b of a increasing number of wealthier americans are now shopping at uh value supermarkets biggest economic force in the world u.s consumers they're rapidly altering their spending habits and where they get groceries so bank of america's report on consumer trends titled supermarket swap found consumers are trading down i.e. they're spending from more to less expensive items within the same category and i mean duh i mean you knew that was going to happen but it's it reminds readers of their uh, latest consumer price index according to this piece it says it's from the bureau of labor statistics it shows the prices for the food at home category they're still pretty much 12 percent uh 12.4 percent uh up year over year wow we have a lot more on the way don't go anywhere more of the dana show after this Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. You've just made some news there. You are essentially telling us that you would consider getting into the 2024 race. Absolutely. I, I think I think to be a presidential candidate, you can't simply say I support the Constitution. You have to say I would oppose people who would undercut it. You know, we used to have a thing in the House of Representatives called the House Un-American Affairs Committee. I think when you challenge the Constitution itself the way Trump has done, that is un-American. So John Bolton said maybe he would run the 24. Where's that coming from, by the way? Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Where's that coming from? Does it really? Are you really that excited about a John Bolton run? I mean, the only thing that you could do is that you could make. Uh, well, you can't just mention his mustache. You could. Uh, that could be like a prop. That's the only thing merchable about him. Right. You know, you could just do like the mustache on a stick. I mustache you a question. 
that's uh so i i don't even know why this this I don't know why he's considering there are a, there are a lot of people you know who I get asked about all the time by either members of Congress or by people who work for members of Congress they're like what about Mike Pompeo like what about him look you can't stay out of the public eye and then that's not how this works and then turn around and think you're gonna like I'm gonna run for president people are gonna like it he slimmed down and he's like he came out with a book and all this stuff he's he was on the show and he uh, I think the first question I asked him, and this was when the Area 51 stuff was going on, I asked him, you know, since you were there at CIA, uh, tell us about the aliens. He did not, in fact, tell us about the aliens. But I just, we got some, why? Why? No. I don't have a vote. I, 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 no, I just don't, I don't think that they play well to voters. Like John Bolton, really, really, come on. <sighs> Maybe it's the mustache, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of Sylvester the Cat. Michael Bolton would have a better chance. Gosh, his Christmas album, my mom loved it, and it, you know, I inherited that, and I just, you know, love that Christmas album. He and, uh, this is totally unrelated to anything that we've been talking about. You know how some people look like they came from the same, they they look similar? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, in a way, like, I've always thought that um, Kevin Costner and Michael Bolton shared a certain... Je ne sais quoi. I don't know. A little something. Like like they came from the, let's have the sandy blonde haired guy. You know, like how you have like the John Ossoff and the Poot Buttigieg. And the Pullman Paxton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all come from like the, well, this is the trousers and loafers factory. Here are these guys. There's like somewhere out there, there's like a Costner, Michael Bolton thing. I don't know why we're... it's because of the Bolton name. I would much rather, I don't even know what Michael Bolton's politics are, but I think I would much rather have him run than uh, John Bolton. I mean, can you imagine? Like, he would sing at Christmas from the White House, and it would be grand, although he needs to grow his hair out. I don't care if it's a little mullety. It's got to grow it back out and need them curls back. I'm just saying. But the John Bolton, yeah, the State of the Union musical. Get up there and just, like, point and wink, you know, like, I would much rather have that than a John Bolton. I don't know where he's coming off of, but no, thank you. No, thanks. And so, and then you have Andy Biggs is out and says he's running to replace Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker. He was on the show and he seemed not, well, remember, because we had that whole conversation. He didn't seem like he was very devoted to the run. At least that's kind of like what I got out of it, you know? I mean, I sort of... He just claimed he didn't have the votes, that McCarthy didn't have the votes. And that's kind of where he left it. Well, I go, are you in the running? And he w- and he said, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. I'm like, you think so? Like, you don't know? I don't think he is. I think he's just in it. I think he's kind of, um, I I don't think that he's actually in the race to win it. I think that they're, they're trying to do some gamesmanship in the house, I think. I don't dislike Andy Biggs. I just don't think he's charismatic. And you got to be a little bit charismatic to be the house speaker, I think. I'm all about breaking the establishment, but you got to have, you have to have more than just like it's, they never really, everyone's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to take out this house speaker and replace them with someone else. With who? Uh. And then you ask all the most obvious contenders, like I did with Jim Jordan yesterday. And they're like, no, 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 we're not going to do it. Well, then what are you going to do? Come on. 
I will give, I'll give Biggs credit. At least he says that he's going to do it, even though I get the suspicion. I have the suspicion that he doesn't really want to. So we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll see this. But yeah, the John Bolton thing. I just want to go back to that for a minute. Why is he teasing to 20? Is this going to be a really annoying primary? Oh my gosh, is it? I know, but this is going to be even more annoying than, because this is what happens. Everybody gets out there and they try to make you pledge fealty to somebody else or another. I can't stand that. Oh, I can't stand it. You're going to, who, who are his people? Who are the Boltonites? Who are the Bolton people? Has he got people? I think so. I mean, who's going to support him? Former national security advisor. He's a little neocon which, you know, I'm not really big on. Who is he going to get? The Romneys and the Murkowskis? That's going to be a real energy getter. The guy that everyone dislikes out in Utah and the other girl who's like the female, the, the I'm sorry, the girl who's the female version of him coming out of Alaska. Really? I don't think so. Can you, I just, I'm already seeing what 2024 is going to be like. It's going to be annoying. You're going to have Bolton, Pompeo is going to be in it, in addition to Trump and probably DeSantis. Then you're, but you're going to have all these other cats get in it. Who else? Who else is going to get in there? Are you going to have another McMuffin? Another Evan McMuffin? Ethan McMuffin get in there? Jiminy Christmas. <sighs> Maybe Smod will come. Maybe Smod will make an appearance. We could have that. So he's hint- yeah. So he's hinting at this, um, I don't know, this uh, potential run. And... He was saying he was responding to Trump's remark on the Constitution, which we talked about yesterday. And I don't think that Trump needs to backtrack anything. I don't think that, you know, I mean, I think what he we talked about what he said yesterday, and I'm tired of giving it oxygen at this point. But I'm just tired of it all. I'm so tired of it all. And I'm so tired of these, you know, some of these people on the right. I don't care what side they're on. Like everybody wants you to immediately, I cannot even tell you the number of people behind the scenes that are pressuring everyone to like cast their lot for this person or that person. It is so ridiculously annoying. That's one of the reasons why you see all these events that are happening. All these like different galas and these different events. It's because people are trying to get people to, they're trying to lock up support. And I realize that it, it, this stuff happens behind the scenes in politics and this is what the american people don't normally see that i don't ever remember it happening this early on i mean it's not technically the cycle for 2024 yet usually we get through you know thanksgiving and christmas and new years and then you come back and then you got the conference season that starts in january and february and that's when everybody gets together and they go to all these different events that where everybody the same people say the same damn things year after year and nothing else changes and then everyone gets together and drinks and the people who like to say that they're principled are usually the ones standing with somebody else, somebody else's wife at the bar. And then I'm not saying I've seen stuff, but I've seen stuff. And then you get the conference circuit. And then that's when after a respectable amount of time where you get to annoy each other and you go into summer, then the election season kind of kicks off. But now they're doing it now and it's annoying. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure to already start locking people up for endorsements. I don't know. Maybe we can let the figure. Let's let's figure out who's running the house first and let's see what they do. 
Let's see what the people and let's see what what how that ends up. Let's see how the Senate ends up for the love. We got a, a runoff race that everybody just conveniently forgot about in Georgia. And now nobody's going to turn out for it. And then we're going to end up having Democrats run everything. We're going to lose the power sharing in the Senate. That's the big thing that I don't think enough people realize. They I can't even believe, by the way, that we're still dealing with Georgia <laughs> with this Georgia race. So this. Warnock's been leading in every single poll and everything that I'm seeing shows that he's going to end up um, most likely taking that seat in Georgia. I mean, that's just kind of what it, you know, that's just sort of what it looks like. And so you end up, you're going to end up having, because the power sharing, and this is something that Kane mentioned too. Um, this is what's very, because it's 50-50. And if Georgia ends up, if you have Georgia going blue, I mean, that's going to be, that's the thing. That's going to be tough because you're going to have to, you're going to lose a lot of the power sharing with a lot of this. A lot, I mean, a lot of it. All of it, All of it yeah. Not enough people realize that, Kane. I think you're correct in that. Not enough people realize it. Yeah, so... I don't know. This is, it's frustrating. It gets incredibly, incredibly frustrating with all of this. So we have, what is it? I think with that, with him, it would be, yeah, they'd, they'd have the one extra. So you'd, they'd, they'd have all this. They'd have the yeah. I mean, the majority and, you know, enough, just enough, just enough, just enough. <clears throat> so that's where it is. And we can't count on mansion or cinema. In these next you, two you years. Can't even, you can't even count on Romney and Murkowski. No, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you can't, even, you can't even count on them. You can't count on any of them. So, uh, I, it's, it just, it's, it's, it is what it is. People have got to turn out and vote, though. They have to turn out and vote. Because the power sharing is, you want to be able to at least... Uh, be uh, an obstacle if you can't be the majority and i think too many are gonna just i think that's uh, gonna be just given away so you got to turn out to vote got to turn out the uh i have a couple of other things i want to make sure that we hit before we uh before we round out here because we've got oh i did i got the shark thing i totally got the the every the shark week situation I have some wokery, and I'm just trying to figure out if I want to get in, into it. This is, uh, pull this up. This is just another one of those things. The city of Providence in Rhode Island is allocating $10 million in reparations for black and indigenous residents. But the move has sparked backlash because some white residents are also going to be eligible to apply. Mayor Jorge Alorza had signed the budget into law in November to deliver funds to black and Native American communities. And he said, uh, but because the federal funds can't be earmarked for specific races, white residents who make up half the city's population can also apply so long as they earn less than 50000 a year and live in certain neighborhoods and have been in the state for three years, according to Washington Post. Oh, my gosh. So how does that figure it out, though? Like, how do you that's where it gets confusing. Like, you, you how do you figure out reparations? Because. Let's just like take it for take it seriously for just one second instead of, you know, which we shouldn't normally. But let's take it, you know, knack like it's not a complete farce and a complete joke and and just uh, a taxpayer grab bag. And it's not inherently racist by itself. So like how how many like how are taxpayers on the hook? What if 
What if some taxpayers, their ancestry, what if they have black or indigenous ancestry and but they also have white ancestry? Like, are, is it a percentage wise? I mean, is it like on a graduated scale? Like, uh, how does that work? What happens? You know, the people who who didn't have any family here and immigrated to the United States well after all of this stuff happened, are they also on the hook for paying out for things that they I'm just curious. Like, just would if Kane, if you lived in Rhode Island, well, I don't know, you're Hispanic, so they don't. I don't really think they take that into consideration. You're white adjacent, so never mind. You don't count. You don't count. I don't you're, count halfway. huh? No, nah, you don't care. That's. I mean, I'm going by progressive rules. You know, I'm going by progressive rules. The same progressives that would say, no, 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 you're you're half your white adjacent. Those are the same people who got mad at the British Bake Off because they wore sombreros and they said it was appropriation. I don't really ever see people wearing sombreros anymore. Is that, you know, like not really. So I want to reclaim that. I'm just going to take it. It's mine now. It's going to be mine. I'm just going to take it and wear it. It'll be mine. I love it. There's a difference between appropriation and appreciation. Good heavens. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. These woke, high IQ stupid people, they walk around... They walk around with Ziploc bags of kale that they can eat to give them energy. Now, if you want to eat kale, that's up to you. I don't eat kale. You know why? Because kale tastes to me like I'd rather be fat. (laughs) I love Senator John Kennedy, and he's right. Kale tastes to me like I'd rather be fat. Welcome back to the program. People do that. You don't do that, right, Kane? You get to eat normal food with your stuff. I do. You don't have to take around a little I've bag eaten of kale. kale before, but you you can't just eat kale raw. How like, do you eat it? That's you have to be like a you know a four stomached animal to do something like that. But you have to like either cook it or shred it up really good, or you throw have it to, in the trash. Okay, that's an option. It's a great way to. But eat But yeah, it. no, I haven't had kale in quite a while. Yeah, I I don't know if I have. I don't, there's nothing I would use it for. It's like lettuce and leather. It's like, a baby. I think it's lying about being lettuce. It's not really lettuce. It's just disappointment. And it's lying about being lettuce is what it is. And it gets people to eat it somehow by making them think that they're actually doing something healthy. It rhymes with fail for a reason. Isn't it ridiculous that it's like a virtue signaling thing? Here's my kale. Oh, you hate yourself. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about your self-hatred, but we eat real food here. Just, you know, there you go. By the way, I, was, I shared an article with Kane earlier. Who's that lady? What's that lady's name? Bethany? Why does she have so many ends in her name? Bethany Nini oh, yeah. Frankel? Bethany. Someone got mad at her and said she was body shaming because her brand is skinny, whatever. Like she has skinny wines or skinny drinks. Why would you? I mean, well, here's my fat ass wine. Like, how do you, how do you? What's the proper response? Just stop being so woke and upset over everything. People get mad over this? Really? I just stole your today in stupidity. I'm really so You got to cue me. Otherwise, I'll just keep talking, right? I'm like Ron Burgundy. I'm just going to keep on going until Kane flags me down. I'll make it up to you tomorrow. I'll give you a longer today in stupidity. Folks, that does it for us tonight. Sign up for the newsletter for its Substack chapter and verse. We'll be back with you tomorrow.